You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. It might sound surprising, but I don't really care how I got up, how I came up with the idea of Growlers Choir. Uh, to me, that's irrelevant. What I care about is what we is what we do today and how the public feels when they yeah. hear us. Yeah, that's that's really what uh, what I care about. What what we do and not necessarily what we where we came from. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you've been having a killer week so far. I most certainly have been. I am extremely stoked because we are one week away from the four-year anniversary of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. That's right, four years, people. To celebrate the fact that I've been running this podcast for four years. We are having an epic party on October 29th at Turbo House here in Montreal on St. Denis Street. I am going to be recording a live podcast episode where I have put two amazing individuals head to head, a vocal battle. That's right. We got Pascal Germain Barardi, who is a professional classical vocalist against Sébastien Croteau, the extreme vocal expert, clean vocals versus harsh vocals who is going to come out on top i can't wait to host this conversation both of these musicians are absolutely incredible i cannot wait so damn stoked for this live podcast recording happening october 29th at turbo house for the four-year anniversary of the podcast but there is more that's right the great sabatini one of my favorite montreal-based bands will be performing a very exclusive set for us that night Come party with me at Turbo House, October 29th. Come enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in celebrations of four years of Vox and Hops. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that loves metal and craft beer, well, let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. Tell them that there are over 370 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing a craft beer. If you were to encourage one of your metal and craft beer loving friends to become a future Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now, today's podcast is an extremely special podcast. I am joined by four members of Growler's Choir. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 372. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm very, very stoked to be with Growler's Choir, a very unique group of individuals uh, from Montreal, from the area of Montreal. I only really believe that this is something that could have been built in Montreal, and that's because I'm egotistical and I love my city and I love the metal community and culture that we have here. We are joined by four individuals that are part of Growler's Choir. We have uh, basically the leader and three of the Growlers themselves. Uh, let's start with a very simple, how are you doing? Introduce yourselves, starting with Pierre-Luc. Um, pretty good. We've been really busy for the uh, concert on 27th of October that we're preparing. I've been busy doing management, production, uh, getting some funds for upcoming projects, so it's been pretty good. Sounds like a good, good time and a good way to hustle throughout this 
incoming fall season. It's been weird here in Montreal. It was hot, then cold. Anyway, so let's keep moving on. Jeff. Yeah, I'm doing super great. I'm uh, I'm focusing, uh, of course, uh, right now on the Growlers Choir and uh, all the um, the practices and uh, in view of this uh, quite extraordinary concert. Like, really, it's something... I've never felt, you know, you know, because you're a front man, you know, you're, you feel powerful on stage. I've never felt as powerful as with a uh, classical choir uh, in front of me or, or backing us up. You know, it's fucking crazy. Goosebumps every night, Jeff. I, I can just only imagine as you're practicing for this. To, and then like imagining it and then having it happen. Just unbelievable. We are definitely going to dig more into that show you guys got coming up on the 27th of october no amps in a church 40 individuals making noise together i love that but let's hear a little bit from misha how you doing i'm doing great man really really uh, pretty busy we actually just came back from a practice it went smooth as butter and uh yeah we cannot wait to do this second edition of the show on the 27th it's just like as jeff said it's it's a lot of fun to be you know it's always a lot of fun as a frontman to be on stage in front of a lot of people but it's always fun to be up there with a lot of a lot of other singers being part of more of a collective, being part of an instrument, a cog in the wheel. And it's even better being among friends, too. So cool. there's that, there for sure. Definitely a lot of amazing humans that are part of Growler's Choir. Uh, Mode, how are you doing? Yes, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, like all the guys, we're very busy with the show coming up on the 27th. So I've been practicing with the guys. And since I'm also the administrative assistant of Growler's Choir, uh, we've been working a lot uh, behind the scenes to make the show uh, what you will see actually on the 27th. Very, very, very cool. Um, I would also like to dig in and introduce yourselves as to who you are in the music scene. Uh, there are people that will listen to the show, obviously, from the Montreal area, the Quebec region, but I have listeners across the globe. So, so who are you? Uh, what, what have you worked on? What bands have you been in? Starting with Pierre Luc again, please. I've never been part of a band. So, Growler's Choir is my first official band. I've never. My plan was to be the front man of a one-man act that would tour all by itself. And then uh, next thing you know, I'm fronting a band of 13, 14, 15 people. Um, but my, my career choice has been mostly revolving around composition, working for clients, working for dance, working for uh, really offering a variety of services in relation to sound design. I uh, did some music for theater. I've done, I've done some music for film. And by creating Growler's Choir, I've been trying to um, just broaden the range of services that we offer. So we're not just a band that does um, metal songs. We also um, record sounds for uh, video games. We record, uh, I mean, uh, the, there's a number of, of gigs I can't talk about at the moment, but there's a number of things of clients that pay us to do something else than metal singing or metal songs. So that's been very exciting for the last few years. Very fucking cool. Uh, we are very versatile with our voices. And uh, if hustlers, we have to diversify ourselves if we want to be financially viable outside of just the metal music. So good for you for being involved in that and being creative in that aspect. Jeff, uh, what music have you been in? What bands are you in? We could talk about a bunch of stuff. You've been a busy man. Yeah, I've been busy. Uh, I'm, I'm the singer from uh, Hollow, uh, which is on extended hiatus uh, because of uh, location and uh, 
uh, other side projects. I'm also the lead singer for uh, Hands of Despair. Uh, I uh, I sing, of course, in the Growlers Choir. I am um, also part of the uh, uh, Monster Factory. Uh, I've done uh, quite a few games uh, here and there, quite a few sounds for monsters and games here and there uh, around the years. And uh, I'm also um, singing uh, for a work and project uh, band called Noxium um, with a bunch of uh, people from uh, here and around uh, everywhere uh, on the internet. Um, it's really good. It's like big slam death metal. And um, uh, I also uh, recorded with Mode uh, in the Nachmuse, uh, and we're uh, doing new stuff together again. So it's going to be fun. I love how intertwined the Montreal music scene is. It's it's something special here. It's very unique, and I think it's amazing. Uh, Misha, uh, bands you mentioned frontman before. What what's where what where are you from? I know you're a producer. That's how I know you as, and I know you as from the Monsters Factory. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was um, in the Monster Factory with my brother Jeff, my sister Mo. But uh, I was uh, I was the frontman of uh, Sanguine Glass House. Ah. Uh, before. Yeah, and uh, at one point I wanted to go uh, I wanted to go a separate way. I wanted to go more into producing. Wanted to go more into also other styles of music. Uh, so I've been just working as uh, as a music producer for a lot of different styles. I've done R and B, slam, uh, hip hop, pop. Uh, there's a song I did a few months ago that is was actually uh, we were actually hired me and a, and a singer I produce a lot to write a song for um, for uh, Senegal not for actually for the UN. It's uh, to yeah it was it was a really really cool gig and I, I might actually nothing confirmed but we I might actually go uh, go to Senegal to play for a few for a few songs that would be really really nice. Uh, but yeah, I've been just producing different styles and um, doing a lot of composition too. It's kind of funny because, as you said, it's really intertwined because me and Pierre Luc actually went in the same program in college. Uh, really, actually in the same program. And it's kind of funny how our our uh, paths cross again, as as everyone should in Montreal, right? You know, <laughs> all our all our paths are going to cross anyway. And uh, and I've been doing a, a lot of um, a lot of background stuff back, especially this year. Been doing a lot of metal. Um, uh, doing a, a lot more metal and getting back into the scene. I recorded piano for for uh, someone's upcoming album, and uh, and I'll, I'll be recording also some some stuff with some other uh, some other people. Some stuff I can't really talk about, and uh, actually some personal projects coming in. So I, I might come actually come back to the metal Yay. scene pretty soon. And yes, <laughs> just just to add something, Misha and I have actually been working too on a variety of projects. Whenever yeah. I compose something. Uh, I like to have it mixed by someone else, actually Patrick Goyette, who's in Growler's Choir, who works as a professional mixing engineer. But before I send it over to Pat, often I'll send it to Misha, who'll give me some tips or bring in some new sounds, some uh, mixing tips. So we've, yeah. we have kind of like a, a trifecta of production and we've worked uh, with each other on several things and we intend to work on several more gigs, some with Growler's Choir, some without. But it's yeah. been uh, it's been a very productive collaboration. So yeah, it has. I, I like to call it the uh, audio threesome. I think it's the best <laughs> way to describe it. Sounds sexy. I like it. <laughs> Mode. Beautiful. Yes. Uh, well, uh, like the guys, uh, I'm intertwined. Like I went to college with these two, but I was not in composition. <laughs> I was in interpretation, piano interpretation. And then uh, Misha invited me to be part of Sanguine Glacialis. And today, everybody knows Sanguine Glacialis because of me, actually. 
And uh, yeah, Michelle recorded piano for her new album. So we have our new album mixed by Chris Donaldson, of course, the best. He is the best. Shout out to Chris the OG, Donaldson. The, the best. The best. The best. And uh, we cannot wait to show it to the world. And apart from that, I'm also part of uh, Valfreya. I'm the violinist in Valfreya. And uh, we are going into the studio with Chris again uh, in December. So third album as well with my two projects. That's amaz amazing. I'm with Growler's Choir. I'm also in the Monster Factory. And now I work as an administrative administrative assistant in the monster factory as well so i'm a voice actress and my day job is music so i'm a musician full-time and i take part in projects like knocked news with jeff yeah that we did and a bunch of other projects and uh, many other things so we're, we're i don't know if i'm allowed to say the f-bomb but we're pretty fucking busy yeah, <laughs> yeah. vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives and music while sharing craft beers uh let's go from left to right or from right to left depending how you guys are looking at these starting with jeff what are you drinking and let's move through this line it's a uh, really, really uh, cool uh, iced coffee, basically. It's uh, La Coupe Canon uh, from uh, Le Bilboquet. Uh, uh, coffee stout, 5.5% uh, alcohol. It's really, uh, it's really light and fresh, and uh, it drinks itself. It's beautiful if you like uh, really, really dark coffee-tasting beers. Hell, yes, I do. Caffeine doesn't boil out when you cook with... It's not like with alcohol, when you're cooking with alcohol. So the, the caffeine will affect you later tonight, Jeff, and anyone else that... I like to say that because I, I got caught with it. Totally works. It will really fuck you up. <laughs> Misha, what are you drinking? I am drinking a beautiful... Let's say from Brassard du Monde. It's a white beer, a three-key white beer, basically. Um, all of the beers here have been provided by our beer maestro, Jeff, for tonight. As as because as we said, we are fucking busy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's absolutely delicious. I like I like white beer. Uh, I like something that's a little. I, I tend to like a lot of uh, IPAs usually, and I like stuff that's uh, actually pretty heavy. But uh, these last few days, I've been very into very light stuff mm. mostly. Uh, I like the I like white beer, and I like the fact that it's a few tea, the little fruity side, and everything. It just stayed in a, it. Yeah, it's like poetry on my tongue. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> So it's a Brasseur du Monde, L'Infusé, it's a Hibiscus and uh, Granada, I don't know how to say it in English, uh, but it's... Um, it's written there. It's, yeah, but Mom I was looking away it. from it. No. <laughs> Palm Granat, Hibiscus and Tea White Beer, it's really good. Uh, I used to, sh I used to, sh to shun that kind of beer, but I regret doing that because it's really delicious. Yeah, it's fruity. It's super good. Yeah, yeah you missed a yeah. spot like right here. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, we're actually all drinking L'Infusé. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. It's like in my favorite beers. I'm like the biggest tea drinker you'll ever find out there. And I love fruity stuff and I love sweet stuff and I love white beer. So it's like all yeah. my, yeah, all my perfect. favorite uh, things. Perfect yeah, combination of everything. We're... Yeah, she got the uh, blueberry one. Let the Brasseurs Monde know that we're always looking for sponsorships. So, <laughs> yeah, seriously. How about we? Why not? I can't. I can't can do that. But uh, I'm going to be drinking uh, Livingston's Zucchini. Uh, if you don't know who Livingston is, it's a very, very oh, small man. brewery from Franklin, Quebec, which is very close to the the border uh, towards uh, Ontario, and they are in farmland. So farms all around them bring them any extra vegetables or fruits or things that they have 
have on hand. And this beer is actually full of zucchinis. So it's a uh, it's a, an, an amber brew with zucchinis. I actually tried it at Oktoberfest in the Naponsini a few weeks ago. I really, really enjoy Trevor, their brewer. He's really fucking cool. So that's why I picked this up tonight to share with you. It's a beer that doesn't make sense, but, you know, you would think on paper a bunch of growlers standing together doing classical music wouldn't make sense, but it fucking does. Hence why I picked this up. Mainly directed towards Pierre Lecter's question. 2016, you come up with this idea that you want to do this. It takes you three years to pull it off. You finally do it, and then the pandemic slaps you in the face. Uh, where did this idea come from? Um, Drameka. Talk to us about what this is, how this concept came together. What were you drinking? What were you smoking? What were you eating? Uh, how did you realize that this was going to make sense? Uh, I'd like to preface this answer by saying that the pandemic did not slap us in the face it fucking crushed our soul but we still managed through yeah. but back to your question um it really came up as a simple uh just a simple thought i was on my way to the uh Sunno show uh the the doom metal band and i thought hey like that that's an idea you know like a, a growler squire so i started talking with my uh my friends who were at the at the show laurent belmar who is today in growler's choir and he said, well, you know, we've all thought about it. We've all um, we, we've we've all been we've all wanted to do it. But to his knowledge, it had never been done before. Uh, he was wrong. It turns out it was done in 2012 by some Indonesian guy uh, who was just finishing his master's degree. But we really brought this idea to a different place. Um, this band is called Ensemble There's six growlers in them, and unknown to me, they existed. But my idea of a growler's choir was to make this massive, to make to make this powerful, and to really blend the idea of classical music with the raw power and the raw energy of of heavy metal. Yeah. And that's the thing that still that you can still feel in our performance. We did a performance on uh, Festival de Musique Emergente à Rouen Noranda. And just the raw energy of seeing 12, 13, 14 growlers on stage, it's so fucking powerful, man. It's, it's like, I mean, you know what it is. You and the guys have mentioned it, how powerful you feel as a frontman of a band in front of an audience. Well, imagine that times 12, 13, 14. So it's really, uh, I really like the term soul crushing. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why I did Growler's Choir, because I really wanted to bring people in another dimension through sounds and i wanted to make them hear things that they never thought possible yeah and it worked because the police came and yeah. had to disperse the, the, the crowd because they were blocking the street <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were like expecting what 50 60 people and 300 shows amazing <laughs> on a show that was a secret essentially yeah it was a secret show and it happened in the streets and at some point, the the street got so crowded that the police came and said, "Listen, guys, you got to clear the space because uh, you got to clear the street because like you're you're blocking. I don't know what we were blocking, but anyway, you you guys need to move. So it, it created some some commotion, but for some reason, it really attracts people that 
that raw energy, that raw charisma from from yeah. from the um, that gathered group of uh, metal it, vocalists. It was to the point where it was so crowded that at one point we were looking up and there were like because we were in an alley basically, <laughs> so we cool. were looking up and on the on the on the roofs of the buildings where people, people were gathering. Up. Wow, yeah, yeah, it was it was uh, it was kind of cool, you know, insane fun. Yeah, it was insane fun. You know, like I, we all, we know, we all have done the local, the, you know, the local shows in very, very small venues, low ceilings, very intimate. Uh, this time it was like in an alley, and it was really, and it, it had that similar feeling. But at the same time, it was like this, this level of gr- grandiose that was just, it was I've, I've never felt before, and it was yeah, really, it was really something. And we were pulling people together, people that didn't know we existed, that never listened to metal probably in their life, and they were just like what the hell is this? And then, and we're, we're just pulled in and it was, uh, we, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do that, that show. The energy we got was, uh, was a tremendous. So yeah, to, to conclude on your question, um, it might sound surprising, but I don't really care how I got up, how I came up with the idea of Growler's Choir. Uh, to me, that's irrelevant. What I care about is what we, is what we do today and how the public feels when they yeah. hear us. And I think the experience we had at the uh, Rue Naranda uh, speaks for itself. And uh, yeah, that's that's really what uh, what I care about, what what we do, and not necessarily what we where we came from. Very interesting. Uh, building it from the beginning, how easy it was it to rope in vocalists to be a part of this? Montreal is like an eager scene. We're very interconnected. I imagine Sebastien Carato was one of the early people that you got in touch with because he knows fucking everyone and. The Monster Factory <laughs> has everyone basically involved already, but I imagine that was probably the route. That's what I would do. Yeah, it was, uh, and I like to hear the um, uh, Jeff Mode and uh, and Misha on this. It was really easy to get people in. Like right away, people felt that it was special. It was different. I mean, within uh, I talked to like a couple of my friends who were growlers, and I said, "Listen, just create a Facebook conversation. Get." people in there and we'll see what happens within 24 48 hours we already had 40 vocalists and from there uh we got we said well let's create a facebook group and that was the first iteration of growler's choir that ended up with 18 uh 18 vocalists jeff was there misha was there uh, and I, that's a question i've never asked you guys but how did you feel when you first saw that like that first meeting we did or that first conversation well you you contacted me by facebook and uh, you said, like, "Hey, Misha, would you would you like to be part of a Growlers Choir?" You, ha- I was like, "You had me at hey, like I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> it's been great. I, I wanted to see you." And then it's like Growlers Choir. I was like, "That was like the most beautiful, beautiful moment in my life." And then we sat down. I like, always remember this moment. We we're in the university uh, with uh, with everyone, and we sat down. We we're doing a test thing, and then and then at one point during the meeting, Pierre Luc asked to do everyone a really low guttural. So just imagine, <clears throat> but done by like 18 people. And I went like, oh, oh my God. This is it, was, it, was, it, was, it was that. It was that. No, it, was it was like chilling. that feeling, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you said it, everybody thought of it. Like I thought of it. So when some strange guy, I don't know, looks <laughs> like a nerd, contacts me and, and, and asks me to be part of this like super <laughs> crazy, but perfect experience, I'm like, yeah, of course I'm in. Like, who you take me for? I want to experiment with this. This is fucking great. Yeah. And it's interesting because mode. I mean, 
wasn't part of the original lineup, but she obviously she was very interested about that. So I'm, I'm curious to, to learn about her experience getting in. Yeah, actually, I saw that they were going to do a show. I was not part of the first show and I got so jealous. Like I so <laughs> wanted to be part of that thing. I thought it was so cool. So I wrote to Pierre, I asked him like, please take me, please, pretty please, please, please. And actually I did the auditions, Pierre when he, he did it again, he wanted to pick the best. So he did auditions, even for the members that were there before, everybody had to do the audition. Yeah, yeah we redid everything. And that's where I got my chance. I did the audition and I passed. Yeah, but I was... was a backup singer, actually. <laughs> which, which, was a, which was a terrible idea. Oh my God. It was a terrible idea, but still, Mode was a backup singer. So I was a backup singer. So yeah, I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just, I'll go, I'll see what happens. And backup singers just died. Like it, the idea just died. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I was just like a full-time member. It was like, a, just just do the gigs like everybody else. <laughs> I'd like to underline that the backup singer idea was Seb Croteau's idea. So it's Ooh. not, so I'm putting the <laughs> right under, on the, under the brush, under oh. the bus of Croteau. <laughs> oh, come on, man. And the I'm funny joking. thing is that today I happen to be his number two. Yeah, well, there you go. And she's no. been she's been helpful also to to step up our game because uh, most of us didn't know how to read music before. Uh, oh yeah, before yeah. she gave yeah, us uh, uh, flash courses, yeah. Yeah. and uh, that has teacher. upped our game like seriously, yeah. very like, seriously. To, yeah. to preface our the first iteration of the show, we had basically was uh, the equivalent of, uh, from my experience, an electroacoustic uh, music sheet. Yeah. It was not, there was not real, no, it was not an actual like, anything notation. It was very freeform. And uh, it's you, you basically from, blocks yeah. of colors. Yeah. And like if it was like a, a long rectangle or long red rectangle, it means, okay, do a low sound for like 10 seconds and then it turned blue. So it's like, okay, do a mid sound, it's green, do a high sound. And it was just like alternating blocks. So that was a very primitive, but it were a uh, way of writing music for growlers, but it worked. Yeah, no, we're, we're great, especially for that piece, the, yeah. the first piece, because because uh, of the way it's done. But then eventually we went like, okay, yeah, we need to we need to step up our game for some other pieces here. And, yeah, um, and the music teacher in me thought it was like <laughs> terrible to have. Like, I, I, I know these types of I know these types of sheets. I know yeah. they exist. I know why they exist. But the music teacher in me was like, this is so easy. Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's because we, we were, um, with uh, the other pieces Pierre-Luc was bringing to the table, was starting to get a lot more uh, rhythmic, a lot more specific. Okay. So we needed to step up our game one way or another. So we had to go back to a, a very classical form of notation uh, system. It's, and, just, yeah. it's just much more precise. Like, yeah. if you really want to have the, the, the correct rhythm, the, the the music system is very well done. I mean, it's it's centuries yeah. of evolution to have like this type of uh, notation. So it's it's really well done. You can be very 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 precise in the notation that you want. So I thought it was the most obvious thing. So we did a kind of a hybrid. So it's it's like a hybrid of vocal parts and drum parts because we don't yeah. have any notes Pitches, yeah. we don't have yeah, a, don't. an exact pitch so it's like a different kind of notation we use uh, just uh, speci like specific notes are lows another note is mid another note is high we have like guttural lows we have like super highs and this is like a kind of rhythmic notation that we built for growler squire so that's really just specific to what we do super super interesting for, uh, 
for for throat singing annotations yeah. for uh for whispers uh, yeah for whispers, different types for, of vocals yeah. like for fry vocal for growl vocals yeah. for, for visual vocals yeah. for all the types of sounds that we do yeah very very interesting and, and it does make sense to be extremely precise and you guys are so rhythmically involved so many different techniques so many people it made sense. It also made sense for you to refine and just take the best. No disrespect to anyone that ma- didn't make the cut to the 2.0 versions of Growler's Choir. Uh, something that comes to my mind when I'm putting a bunch of front men, front women, front people in a room together is egos. Uh, we, we all know <laughs> that. <laughs> Lead singer syndrome. Next question, please. Is a thing. So clearly, it was there was some shitty, annoying things that had to be dealt with until you guys became a community. Uh, what was it? Probably you probably at this point now have a standard practice when things go guidelines and stuff of how to behave yourselves if there are disputes. Um, guys and girls maybe start dating. You know, I'm just all kinds of potential things could be happening from Growler's Choir. Honestly, so so. Honestly, since we're all friends, it's it's the uh, it, let's say it it's it's the line between work and and friendship. Mm-hmm. Like we have to hurry up, but yeah, it's fun to be yeah. with the guys and the girls. You know, it's like all the biggest <laughs> egos you could find, and you think yeah. like <laughs> you thought the first thing you think is okay. That's going to be a nightmare, and you know what's the worst part? <laughs> it's not. It's the absolute. No, no, no. Like, we're gonna have to let Pialik say that. And, and then, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. But but but, but mo- mode was on. It's it's like we have so much fun, but it's since we're all big personalities, try to imagine fifteen percent that are always super <laughs> and always make yeah. a lot of noise together. It's like uh, it's like I keep saying, uh, that, you know, death metal frontmen are like kindergarten people with egos and yeah. opinions. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you put fifteen of those in a room. This guy, this guy, this guy is gonna is gonna suffer a little. I, I'm, but, the day, I'm the daycare educator, but Pierre Luc's yeah. been dealing with basically the same thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. um, exactly. I'm. I don't think ego was a big problem. There, there never was an, an attitude problem. Like no one in the. Well, okay. I, w- I would lie if I said like it never happened. But it's not like every rehearsal someone says, "Well, you know what? I'm not going to do it because because uh, X Y reason." Uh, there's always been an understanding that someone needed to lead the band and someone needed to like pace like a rhythm what was happening. But yeah, I guess one of the some of the issues are related to discipline because sometimes I mean it's a job, people are getting paid. Uh, we sign contracts with people. They're expecting us to deliver a product on time. They're expecting to have to like to have a specific length, to have a certain quality. So those are the the values I have in mind, and whenever I'm telling them to shut the fuck up, well, that's what I'm thinking about. It's just about it works, and it, it, it works. works. It it's, works. it's all about professional standards, <laughs> yeah. and you just have to scream loudly enough, and they'll calm down. And I think that's one of that's what's fantastic fantastic about this group. It's that even when I tell them to shut up, they know it's not personal. I mean, I love them dearly. Yeah. I'm not saying to them, hey guys, I'm fucking hating you. That's not the case. It's just hey. We need to get some stuff done. Yeah. You guys need to calm down. And I think that's there, there's actually very little ego in that sense in the group. 
Yeah, we we started understanding pretty quick that we're cogs in the wheel for for a bigger thing. We started understanding that very very quick, and also it's like uh, you know Pierre Luc mentioned like that. Well, I'm not doing this. Well, it's it's kind of funny because we all still have that from the beginning, from the moment Pierre Luc asked us to be part of this crazy ass project. I still I I know from for me and for the others, we still have the fuck yeah, let's do it feeling yeah. from from the initial from the initial start point. Yeah. So we know it's a, um, so yeah, no, we joke a lot about the ego and stuff, but it, it honestly has not been much of an issue. It has not been an issue actually at all mm-hmm. to my, uh, to my point of view. The, the but, worst yeah. part is actually that we're children. Yeah. We're, we're kids. <laughs> I, I have a bachelor's in music education. I'm a licensed teacher and I feel like an elementary school teacher with these guys sometimes. It's like, you have your ideas. Like, yeah, Luke says, Okay, so we go. Can we go to measure six nine and then? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, you know, of course. And there's there's also the uh, the odd uh, uh, Schwarzenegger impersonation. <laughs> oh my god. Fuck. Okay, so we were in Los Angeles for America's Got Talent, <laughs> and Misha started doing a, an Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonation, which he will do in 15 seconds. To hold it up, hold it up yeah, for no, a moment. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And then there's a growler that tells him, "Listen, Misha." If you do this impersonation one more time, I'm going to go insane. Little did he know, this was the first of a thousand <laughs> moments of impersonation that Misha would yeah, do. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened, but like, uh, it's just that I've been already doing a little bit of the impression. But in the Growlers Choir, I found my place as Arnold. It's just, <laughs> it's, part of the, it's part of the choir now. It's important now. I'm starting to scream all over the place. It's very important to everyone. It's so great. I love to scream. It's like working out my muscles, but my throat, I have a six pack in my throat, you know. It's great working out. Uh, see, I can do a gut uh, uh. I've been having a lot of fun. <laughs> He, he did that in soundcheck. Oh, yeah. Oh. He did that in soundcheck a few weeks ago, and I had to tell him, please, everyone, <laughs> there's an audience. Oh. No, no, that's the worst part. Actually, we, we have a, a, a recently new member, Sasha. Oh, my God. And the best part was that I kind of connect with Sasha. We have like a really good, we have a really good uh, uh, comical chemistry. And during the soundcheck, we actually did it exactly at the same time without no, we didn't even look at each other or nothing. We just went nah, at the exact same time. It was uh, that was like okay, I, this man, this man is now my brother, no matter what. Like, it was beautiful. So, it was so bad. My the my merch person told me, yeah, I think you should tell them to calm the fuck down. <laughs> <laughs> and I, at some point, I just got used to it. So sometimes, I mean, yeah. like sure, uh, I'm I'm the head of the group, but. And to some extent, I'm just as bad as them. And I'm like, I just got used to it. So sometimes people have to remind me, yeah, like maybe this should it's, stop. It's gotten so, in, it's gotten so inside the Growlers Choir culture that when we were in LA, we actually uh, went to his star, yes. on Arnold Star, uh, Arnold oh, Star. Yeah. And we just did like this ritual of Arnold and people were like passing by going, what the fuck is we're all like, nah, like nah. 15 of us going, nah, <laughs> Arnold Star. So <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot of fun. We we had a lot of fun in in LA. It just started coming out uh, a lot, just all the all the damn time. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Excellent preface to America's Got Talent. Um, obviously, something special and unique happened when you guys and girls when Growlers Choir went down there to 
try out for America's Got Talent. It's probably the most extreme thing that's ever happened on the show. Take me to, and I know you guys, like I know you, a lot of you, and I had no idea that you did this. So keeping this in for that long, uh, how, what is, I don't know what the process is to go there. How long were you there applying for it? Take me through A to Z, uh, America's Got Talent, please. Uh, it's a very long process. We started talking about it in 2021. Um, we seriously considered going over there in Los Angeles and shooting uh, season 16. And there were there was just so much regulations regarding travel because of COVID. We would have needed to get there a week before shooting, stay there another week, come back to Canada uh, and like quarantine for like a week or two. So like, I mean, we we all have well, like, we all have day jobs. That was just unthinkable to uh, sacrifice uh, a month of, of salary just to go there. So we postponed that, but we knew that they were interested because they called us. Really? We didn't call them. Oh, that's so they cool. Actually sent us an, they sent us an email, one of their casting directors, and said, listen, we saw you on YouTube. Uh, we'd be interested in talking with you. And they wanted us to do a show uh, during last autumn, uh, and we weren't interested because uh, they, they proposed tons of stuff. They proposed tons of ideas of how they can present you. And what they were proposing just wasn't what we were up for. And they said, well, you know, if, if, if you say no to us, we can guarantee that we're going to bring you back. So I said, well, I'm willing to take my chances. And a few months later, I called the, the senior casting director and I said, so is this happening or what? And they said, oh yeah, like you guys are coming up in April, <laughs> guaranteed. So um, they said guaranteed, but it was still a very long and tedious process. We had to go through a lot of propositions of songs uh, they didn't really know what they wanted. Neither did we. And we kind of got a compromise by proposing something that was very dark, very classical, the old Fortuna song, and something that was really jaw-dropping and unexpected, which was a Britney Spears song. So we just went along with that. Uh, we, But we tried so many things. We tried the Tim Burton's This is Halloween from uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. We tried A Whole New World from Aladdin. We yeah, yeah, we tried some M&M. We tried, uh, we proposed uh, The Little Mermaid. Like, we, we really went through the whole songbook. And we just went along with it. Uh, and I guess a couple of weeks before April 10th, when we were in Los Angeles, they told us, okay, plane tickets are booked. This is happening. And that's... Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. There, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot more to see to the story, but I'm sure the other, the uh, mode and uh, Misha and Jeff have some stories <laughs> of their own to, to say. Uh, I guess, uh, I guess the it was the most fun I've ever had traveling uh, <laughs> with uh, four, fourteen other uh, crazy friends, and uh, yeah, well. Not that my other travels haven't been fun, but holy shit, <laughs> like pretty much like a quarter of the of the Montreal scene <laughs> together in this endeavor, and and like we go over there, and I'm like, oh, America's got talent. I'm not a big fan of the of the, format, the contest winner is, yeah. For, format, yeah, uh, and um, well. 
I got to fist bump Terry Crews. So yeah. I'm like, okay, this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The guy's a, the guy's humongous. The guy is <laughs> humongous, <laughs> but the guy is the sweetest man you will yeah. ever meet. Good, that's good to hear. Yeah, no, it was it was a lot of fun to to do that. Of course, at the beginning, it was always like, are we doing it? Are we not doing it? Are we doing it? Are we not doing it? Uh, oh, oh, we have some. New, oh, okay, we're, we don't know. Uh, oh, do we have some. Oh, okay, we don't know. It, it was always it was like, a little bit like of a, of a. It was like that for months. It was like that for months, and I think it really did contribute to the absolute batshit craziness that happened in LA because we were like just so excited to go <laughs> and we were so on edge to go it's you know it's like a, it's like a cliffhanger at the end of uh, the yeah. season of one of your favorite shows we were just like what's going on what's going on what's going on what's going on and then when we finally got there we yeah no we went we went completely insane <laughs> and it was uh, it was a, it was a very 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 fun trip as jeff said it was like yeah. it was an absolute trick. And I'll, I'll say, I've never actually said this to any of the Growlers uh, people, but but I've always been a little bit of a loner. I've never actually felt connections with a lot of people before, but like that weekend cemented the fact that, yeah. like, okay, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Growler in the Growlers club. Yeah, and I, it, well, felt, it really did, it really did, to me at least, really did so that emotional bond with, uh, with everyone in it. And it was, a, it was a really, really fun experience, uh, you know, uh, Arnold included, because <laughs> that's the thing. You, I mean, you don't know how those shows are going to go. Yeah, it's no. television. Uh, you don't know if you do all of this, and then you might not get on the air. You might not get on the air. Yeah. You might not get on stage. You might get on on stage, but they, you might happen to be a laughing stock. So what I told him is, listen, guys, you don't know what's going to happen, but what matters the most is that we're all here together in Los Angeles, and whatever happens that stays the time that we had together and that's what matters most so yeah. um be aware that what we're what we're going through together is precious and yeah. that's that's the memory that you should keep not yeah. this whole uh this whole circus that's happening like the guy said it was one of the funniest weekends i've had in my life and we abused way too much of good things <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you mean I have no yeah idea what you mean, some man. of us abused more than More others. More than others. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but uh, it was it was really it was like I've traveled a lot in my life. I was very lucky to be able to travel a lot in my life, and it was one of the most fun I've had in a while. Like it was insane. And fifteen people that have this common interest that is metal music. We're all growlers. We're all metal singers. And we're all friends. Like before this whole thing, we were all friends. We were all connected in a way. Like you said, the Montreal Metal scene is very close. Oh, so, and we're all confronted to a very pop scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, it was a, just 15 of the craziest people you'll ever see in your life, but like strong metalheads and like dropped in pop culture. Go. <laughs> Have fun. It was it was a lot and of fun. And we were francophones in an English speaking place where yeah. people did not understand what we were saying. <laughs> oh, dude! <sighs> because we speak Quebecois, yeah. Hang on. We speak um, Quebecois. We yeah. don't oh, yeah. speak. Uh, I will French. add one little thing. One little thing that did contribute to the absolute fact that we were like really going completely bonkers and completely insane is that the premise was that no one would know what we are except us until we got on stage to film. So when we were backstage filming some uh, some some pre-show stuff and uh, when we were like waiting for our turn to go on stage, we weren't allowed to make a sound. Mm -hmm. We could not growl. 
we have to keep it a secret as much as possible. So, and, you know, and, you know, 15 people that are just really aching to grow. We were just kind of like, no, 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 you got this. You got this, man. So it was just like really like this, really, it was so tense. And I, I, yeah, now I remember like the the, the night after we did that show, we, it was, fuck. (laughs) Oh my God. So much tension was released. It was, yeah, that was, that was a fun fucking night uh without that so yeah it was that really did contribute a lot to the fact that we were just like ah, uh, completely on edge the entire time the performance was amazing uh well, you thanks. guys kept it a secret from everyone here though which is awesome too that must have sucked well we're used to it with the monster you're, factory uh, you're in the monster factory you know what it goes <laughs> ndas you know yeah. you can't say anything yeah you can't say can't anything talk about anything i'm going away this weekend but You'll find out eventually. <laughs> exactly. Good to know. Exactly. I'll, yeah. I'll see you next week. Go back to the void. <laughs> uh, obviously, the judges' reactions were amazing. You know, Simon gave you guys some positive uh, feedback. The other people were shocked but seemed interested. Everyone was very interested. The crowd was into it. Uh, the, the Britney Spears song won over a lot of the crowd after scaring them a little bit first um were you expecting those reactions or were what, what was your mindset were you did you have any thoughts of how it was going to go uh, i was pretty pragmatic about it i thought if they brought us here to be um f- for us to be a laughing stock then it's a very expensive joke because basically there's 13 of us and we're brought there all expenses paid uh, plane tickets uh, they give us a per diem. Uh, they pay for um, for the housing. So my, I was pretty sure that they brought us over there to make us look good. But then again, they brought some dance groups and that looked that they made them look uh, bad on camera. So we we didn't have any expectations. We didn't have uh, any hopes that this would go well. We just thought, let's make this as best as we can let's let's take this as professional as we can as professionally as we can and let's give the best show we can and that's what you saw on stage it was it was sick and then something that i loved and because i know you all uh and on facebook watching you guys once it was live was you guys reacting and the comment section (laughs) (laughs) oh that's my favorite thing Dude. I spent way too much time on the comment section, man. Way too much time. There was a lot of like, you guys are Satanists, you guys are devil worshippers. Talk to me about those reactions to that. It was so much I fun. Think, I think we spent like a good two, two, three hours like just <laughs> texting each yeah. other and, and screenshotting the best quotes. <laughs> I I still have a ton in, yeah. my, in my phone. Oh, dude, it was so and, much uh, fun. Yeah, if you're interested, I can, uh, <laughs> I can shoot you a couple. Yeah. I think you should read me. Read us, read us the best one, Jeff. All caps. That was absolutely horrible. Thank goodness they will not go far. Demonize. Okay, hold on. I got to do a remix. <laughs> that was absolutely horrible. Thank goodness they will not go far. Demonize. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. Three, <laughs> three, three, three hours of, of, uh, of everybody just, like, sending each other, like, the worst quote. And we were... Uh, we had a lot of fun that night. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was so much there. fun. I was stuck when I saw it happened. There was some hype leading up to it. I remember watching it. It was posted into the Monster Factory chat we have on Facebook Messenger. I watched it right away. It's just so damn cool. I was very stoked for you guys. But 
you're not continuing. Let's t- talk to me about that decision. Um, there were some talks that we would go ahead, and at some point we decided going further down in the competition wasn't for us. We already had some cl- some new clients calling for us. We had some opportunities. Uh, we had some shows that were booked. So we found that we we'd accomplished what we went there for. Yeah. And going there a second time wasn't going to bring us anything more. So we just left it at that. And personally, I have no regrets. That's something. Oh, actually, yeah, me neither. Actually, we uh, I had suggested a, a series of scenarios to the Growlers, and we all agreed on a selection of two. And we just said, well, listen, uh, America's Got Talent. Thank you, but no, thank you. We're gonna go our separate ways from now on. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. A, it was a pretty mutual-ish decision from everyone. It was. And yeah, I think I think uh, Pierre reflected exactly how everyone felt about mm-hmm. about that. Like we we went there, we had the, the fun of our lives, uh, as as we just counted, and it was it was a lot a lot of a lot of fun. But like it, we all felt that we did what we need what needed to be done, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. And also, yeah, we had the the uh, we had the FMA, we had mm-hmm. a, we had some shows booked and stuff, so we had other uh, priorities, in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I do agree with you that, that, you know, what, but you would have come back, performed again, hypothetically not gone through what would have been the point for Growler's Choir and just to go there and then hypothetically not go through or go through and then you win. You know what I mean? Like you guys made the impact. You got the most amount of eyes on the project that you possibly could. It's a massive marketing push. It's, it's very interesting. Piggybacking off of that statement for the artists that are still in bands and performing in bands now, which is most of you, are you ever worried that this will be the biggest thing that you've ever done? I was just looking before starting this, and there's some dude's Facebook video. Some dude, it's not even America Got Talent, has 6 million views of your performance. Just some person. You know what I mean? Is it, is it like something that you thought about like this is it this is the pinnacle of my career is that is that something that bothers you um well it's the most we've been seen <laughs> you know it's the most we've been seen but what does it mean yeah um yeah i mean they saw then that's something that Grell's choir does we adapt for every one of our numbers so people have seen what we did for uh america's got talent but was it really us i don't know i mean if in a way, what we did at the Wendaranda was much closer to our identity, or what, what we're doing on October 27th is much closer to our, our identity. So, uh, in terms of like mass appeal, probably, but it's not necessarily a value for me. And I mean, I'm not in this business, quote unquote, to get millions of views. I'm here to make kick ass music and to speak very deeply to people. Yeah. It was one of those like special moments. But yeah, at this point, yeah, just it was really one one of those special moments. I, I um, and to me in my head, that's what it is. It's like that really was, was like that that little special moment there, uh, the the kind of dream weekend that we had in a certain sense. Uh, but in a, like you said, it doesn't really represent who we are, and in a certain sense, uh, the Growls uh, Growls Choir's career. It just really, uh, it was really a, a specific moment in time. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like we're a bunch of growlers, but we're not a bunch of growlers that do covers most of the time. Most of the time, what we do is our own music composed by Pierre Luc 
or uh, composed by Pascal, who's yeah. a growler in the Growler Square as well, and he's the director of Tanfor. And he's conducting on October 27th. He's conducting on yeah. October 27th. So we're mostly a, a group that does original compositions. We're not a cover band. So if you're looking into a band that does nice covers and growls, that's not who we are. We're more into experimental music, into modern classical music, into uh, experimental metal music. That's what we we do and that's what we're about. That's actually what we want to sell. And we have plans eventually of a future album. And that's the style you'll have in the album. You won't have like pop. It's it's not what we're about really. So maybe the last track as a bonus. I mean Bodum did it, so why not yeah, Opeth why not? did it? Why not us? But it's yeah. not, you know, it's 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 a bonus, like I said. Yeah, it's, it's, like not, it's, the, it's not the content. It's a that special we're, moment that's that we're yeah. doing. We're we're about earth shaking, groundbreaking music. Fuck yeah! I love collabs. Uh, I'm not drinking one tonight, but I am drinking this zucchini from uh, Livingston Brewing. It's a uh, awesome. It's it's a uh, sweet, a little bit light, very light. Um, this is the end of it. Uh, I've been thirsty throughout this conversation. It's sweet. <laughs> it's nice. It's uh, it's very very good. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right. I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Collabs. If there was ever a perfect collab for Growler's Choir, it could be a beer, it could be anything else. I've also made coffees, I've made teas, I love making collabs, I love seeing Vox and Hops' logo on stuff, Cryptopsy's logo on stuff. What would be the perfect Growler's Choir collab? Oh, wow. Fisherman's friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, seriously, yeah. we often need it. <laughs> yeah. It's our favorite. We talk about it often. It might happen sooner than you think. Oh, okay. Oh. Not saying anything. It might saying anymore. Sooner than you think. Very cool. I like that very, very, very much. Um, everyone, get ready. October twenty seventh. There is the next edition of the uh, Tafal Choir Extreme Vocals. It's a sixty minute show. No amps. Forty vocalists. Extreme vocalists. Um, professional uh, clean vocalists, classical vocalists performing together. Uh, where can people get tickets? Give them a shout out. Uh, where can, should I direct people? Lepointvente.com is where the tickets are available. Um, so it's been a pretty much a landmark during the pandemic to sell uh, as a box office to sell tickets. Uh, we have 
already a sizable uh, share of tickets sold so don't wait too long because uh you we might run out good good it will run out now make me excited if it does run out i will put the link to that in the description of this podcast too so that you guys can go click on that and go hang out with growlers choir there this has been amazing um the Thirsty Thursday gang is here with us. I forgot to say this at the beginning of this. We are recording this at a Thirsty Thursday. This is a live podcast interview at Thirsty Thursday gang. We're the first Thursday of the month. I always do this. I love doing that. The Thirsty Thursday gang is here. I typically would open up the floor right now, but before we do that, I um, am going to play the Day King from Growler's Choir. <laughs> fucking amazing totally totally fucked up i like that very very much uh was that fortner anderson doing the that's right exactly yeah very 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 cool yeah you wrote us the most epic words <laughs> very very well just this is amazing goosebumps you know goosebumps and i can only imagine live 
not over zoom audio the the intensity of something like that would portray we already have someone's hands up uh we got philip dervites of the host of the whispers from the void podcast philip go for a butt so uh, my question when i was listening to a song like i i a question popped so uh i was thinking if did a band like approach you to do something with them like a metal band another metal band just to have like some a grotter choir in their song yeah we've been collaborating with a band called kilter they're from new york we did a performance with them in july at fofon electric and they're a jazz metal experimental band we're supposed to join them back in january in new york to Uh, do some experimentation, some showcases with them. And Jeff, Misha, and Mode are all part of the experience. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You just said and jazz and metal. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm in. I'm and, in. And Kil Kilter features the uh, drummer from uh, Imperial Triumphant, uh, Kenny. He's, Kenny Gorowski, yeah. We, uh, yeah, the first time we jammed with him, we kind of went, uh, oh, holy crap <laughs> like the guy is is beyond words It's have you ever seen a drummer doing polyrhythms by like re sight reading like the guy did yeah. rhythms just sight reading just with his sheet yeah, yeah. just what playing, you know and he had oh, never shit. heard the song yeah, before. yeah. <laughs> we all had like I actually saw Imperial Triumphants a few weeks ago. They were in town with uh, Zeeland Arder. And at some point I just look up I didn't know who Imperial Triumphant was, so I just looked up the line and I was like, oh, Kenny Grohowski. I jammed with this guy. And I was like, no, that can't be the same thing. And I just saw his hands. I was like, oh, yep. That's definitely him. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely Kenny's hands. <laughs> Interesting. Thank you, Phil. Uh, Colby, Colby, Colby. How's everyone doing tonight? Hey. I, good, good, dude. Is, you, is your name really pronounced Colby? Nah, just for fun. <laughs> but uh that song was epic for one super That's, like you. As, you. you guys are talking about the comments earlier saying satanic this and demonic like that's kind of what came to mind at the same time but still cool you guys ever plan on playing like big festivals or anything like even say heavy montreal is that on the docket list at all evenco if you're listening come on <laughs> we're open we're nice. But we played uh, we, we played FIMAV, which is a festival international festival international de musique actuelle Victoriaville. Yeah. It's a mouthful. So it's uh, this is in Victoriaville, and we did the FME, yeah. which is in Juan Randa, the show work. So these are two big festivals, but they're not metal festivals. Technically, okay. so maybe that's why you haven't heard of us. We we try. We want to go to metal festivals. We try to go there. We just need people to approach us uh, for this. Yeah, and, and, and we need to get an album out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Definitely a medium, a main medium that everyone will be able to listen. But like a, a yeah, basically. So yeah, like a, like a medium term goal. Uh, definitely uh, us as a headline in heavy Montreal. Yeah, that'd, that? be, that'd be so cool. <laughs> I think I think like a flaw in the plan of your. This is me being hypercritical right now your america's got talent thing is it would have been really sick for you to drop an album in 
like September. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. It's just, if you heard what we do, composing this kind of music is a long process. I mean, yeah. ask Chadwick, yeah. he's the one composing. It takes a long, a long time. They're, yeah. they're 20 to 30 minute pieces. So it's, it's not like uh, cranking out seven, uh, eight to nine minute songs. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, honestly, and I could really actually see Heavy Montreal booking you in the future. I could see Vakan actually hitting you guys up too. Honestly, I think that would be something. I honestly think I can imagine Vakan happening probably with the hype and everything. I wouldn't be surprised if they hit you up this year or next year. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll we'll see see. because their lineup is done for 2023, so we should ask right now for 2024. Yeah, exactly, absolutely. West Coast Jerry, you guys had mentioned I had other questions, but you guys kind of answered them throughout the convo. Um, but you did mention that you guys are working or had worked on a video game. Um, can you talk about that? What that process was like, what the game was? Right now, we can't we, say anything. We can't say anything. Uh, I can see it's going to come out in a few weeks. Okay. Uh, it's it's pretty big. That's all I can say. Yeah. Well, uh, one more question I meant to ask uh, about when you drop an album, you guys going to put out vinyl? Oh. Yeah, we'll oh, see. Dude. Yeah, well, vinyl production, it costs a lot, you know? And it, of course, I know there's a demand, but... You know, yeah, and there's only one member of the choir that's from my land, so I'm not so sure. <laughs> um, oh. But, like, from a budget perspective, I considered it. Uh, we want the... So I'm not saying yes, but I'm not saying no. Um, piggybacking off that question about the vinyls, is some, is Growler's Choir something that you would like to eventually have showcased on a label? Let's say Century Media nuclear blast is that something that you've imagined because that would the, the whole vinyl and doing it yourself independently is a long process but if you have a machine behind you such as that is that something that you guys have ever even considered well if someone wants to produce it for us yeah well of course well yeah we're, we're, we're not uh i mean we're open to the idea but right now if we're very if we're being very transparent we're mostly working independently uh, with uh, grants and with grants from the, like the Council for the Arts of Canada, of Quebec, of uh, different instances. So we're not like entirely by ourselves. We're still independent, but we're working with like arts organisms that yeah. help artists. And that's how we are able to do most of the work that we do today. So of course, if if a label can bring us something similar i can say like because we're we're professionals we're working professionally so we're like a company so we're we have uh, we we have money to uh, to to spend but we also receive money for what we worked for and uh, so budgets if, accounting management and, yeah, yeah, exactly. and you guys get paid for like rehearsals now yeah yeah, yeah exactly which is a very cool that's a step up it's, i like that as a, uh, yeah, as a, as a full-time musician, I love this. Oh, my God. I, I do see you guys as marketable, which I obviously, I've always wanted to have you on the podcast, but the America's Got Talent thing really pushed me over the edge to actually write you guys. Um, the I can see, like, hey, long, this band just came through. And obviously, they have much more of a cultural thing going on. But the experience that you guys would bring on a tour 
would be in the same vein as that, like an atmospheric concert throughout the whole. I can see a label really being into this. Seasons of Mist, hypothetically. Yeah, we were. We, we did have a conversation about this. We had yeah. a talk. I had I saw uh, High Long on stage in January, right before the pandemic. Yes. And I bought a ticket to see them a second time, which was on September 3rd. And we were all on stage, Growler's Choir and I, at Rouen Randa, so I couldn't attend. Had we not been in Rouen Randa, I'm convinced every single one of us would still have been on stage as the choir for High Long, because I believe that we would definitely be yeah. uh, a great opener for them, or they, they could be a great collaborator. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Because we kind of provide the same ritualistic, uh, mind-boggling, outworldly experience. I, I I wouldn't put the whole label thing too far out of your mind, honestly. Yeah. I mean, we're we're open to it. We're just yeah. let's see what they have to offer. Obviously. Yeah, exactly. You are you are many yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. Yeah. Anything that makes her life easier, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Uh, the proper relationship, working relationship. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I have one last question, a classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Um, it probably doesn't happen to you all very often, but it most definitely probably happened to Pierre Luc, from what I heard earlier, the night after the performance in L.A. Uh, what are your hangover cures? Sleep. <laughs> Sleep oh my for god. Like 36 hours in a row. Uh, she stole the words from my mouth. Sleep uh, for 36 hours. Uh, this poor that man. Was, that was about it. And 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 people bringing him water and food. And food, yeah. Uh, we um, actually went to check on him just to make sure he was still you, alive. We thought he was dead. Like we came in and it was, <laughs> it was so funny because we came in, he just opens the door and he's like, Ugh. and then we're like, dude, are you okay? Presented to take his temperature, this and that. Here's some food. And we keep talking, and then Bella just goes. Just and then we all shut up and he goes, Hi everyone. <laughs> we just start laughing so hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 36 was, hours of sleep. I mean, we, we all went to Hollywood, like for a full day. We all went to Hollywood. We all like had a blast in Hollywood. The guy was sleeping the yeah. whole time. Uh, another another hangover cure, uh, adrenaline. A lot of it. Uh, all of it. Every uh, every single drop that your general glands can give, uh, you make them do more. And then then you'll be fine. I like I like the big greasy breakfast. Oh, you know, dude, that's yes. the perfect hangover cure. Yes. Give me something that like drips. Yeah, and, and juice and a lot of water. Water, yes. Water, water. water. And and a good coffee. N- not not coffee, a good coffee. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Good coffee, I agree. Good coffee. Mo, do you have anything to add to that besides from sleep, adrenaline, good coffee, and a greasy breakfast? Oh, no, no greasy breakfast. I, I'm vegan. Sorry, guys, but it's like fruits. Vegan can be greasy. Vegan can be greasy. Yes, but I'm more like the fruits smoothie team. Absolutely. Oh, there's a smoothie yeah. in there. That's why I made brutal juice. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Growler's Choir, everyone, Pierre Luc, uh, Jeff, uh, Misha, Mo, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me. The Thirsty Thursday gang, what what a pleasure this was. October 27th, don't sleep on this. Come party, go hang out, get goosebumps. It's a, it's a unique experience. It's not like something you're going to get anywhere else. you got to come and hang out October 27th. I will put the link to get tickets in the description, as I said earlier. Thirsty Thursday gang, unmute yourselves. Let's uh, let's give the growlers our best growls to say goodbye. Massive cheers to all Whoa. of you. This was an absolute pleasure. Unmute yourselves. Make some noise, everyone. Whoa. You know my voice is sounding like that. I don't know why. 
October 27th. Come, buy tickets, go crazy in a new church. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome, awesome hang. I love doing Thirsty Thursday Live episode recordings. So much fun to hang out with the gang, the gang that we've been together for over two years, hanging out on Thursdays, enjoying life, metal, and craft beer together, asking guests questions. What an awesome experience. You should join us. The next one will be coming up on November 3rd, and you can join the Vox and Hops Thirsty Thursday gang on Facebook. The link is always posted there. Massive cheers to Pierre-Luc, Jeff, Misha, and Mode for hanging out with the Thirsty Thursday gang and myself. What an epic, epic journey they've been on. What a project. I, I'm, I'm completely enamored. I cannot wait to go hang out with them on October 27th and watch their full performance here in Montreal. I'm stoked for it. If you can come, you should as well. Huge thank you to Pierre-Luc, Jeff, Maud, and Misha for hanging out with us and being amazing. I can't wait for the next time. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can go on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a month that will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You also get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public and you'll get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you'll also get to see which bands Jerry Monk the metal architect himself has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist the most extreme the most fresh metal music in the world you want to know what's happening in the music scene you want to know what's happening underground well the Brutal Awakenings playlist is what you want to be checking out there is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I'd hate for you to miss a single thing, so please sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops Metal Podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent, me and an Evergreen Podcast. I will be back next week with yet again two Vox and Hops episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. Bowie, Dylan, Marley. You've heard the names and maybe you've heard their songs, but what about the stories behind the records that made titans of music like these so universally loved and important? Join me, Josh Adam Myers, host of The 500, as each week I go through a different album from Rolling Stone Magazine's 500 Greatest Albums list from 2012 with an incredible lineup of comedians, actors, and musicians talking about how the music has impacted their lives. New episodes of The 500 come out every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts.